When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royce. Bradley with the loose ball. Got Drummond with him. And Drummond finishes. Drummond. Crawford now gets back to him. Backs his way into the lane. Spins back and gets two. That's a nice move. A lot of poise there by Drummond. Bradley denying the inbounds pass. Drummond comes up with it. And throws it down and has a chance for a three-point play. Tommy Heinsohn sounded a little discouraged there, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Promising youngster Tommy Heinsohn. He's yeah. an 85-year-old uh, analyst for Celtics. The Celtics, in some ways, since Gordon Hayward got hurt, uh, have been the uh, surprise team of the East, we thought. <laughs> but uh, the Pistons went in there last night and shellacked them, 118-108. It's only the second loss on the home floor for the for the Celtics. Uh, but Andre Drummond, uh, six foot eleven at least, yep, two eighty at least, yep, all muscle, yep. Carl uh, Anthony Towns wants no part of him. No part of him. Yep. Uh, so he goes in there. They win, and they now have. The best record in the NBA and uh, Eastern Conference, the the Detroit Pistons, right? Really? Yes. Really? I thought the Celtics were still. I thought still they, up top. Uh, I thought I read today they now have the best record in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Anyway, uh, they have Reggie Jackson. They got him. He's playing well. They were, trying, they were trying to get rid of him last year. Avery they were Bradley. To get rid of Avery Bradley. I love Avery well. Bradley. He plays he's defense. My, oh, yeah. He's one he of my favorites. Deep. But our boys are 0-2 against him, right? Done yep. with him for the year. Lost twice. We were bad-mouthing the uh The loss in for, Detroit. For and losing then, to him. Yeah. And uh, I think the reason is they're pretty damn good. They're very good. And, and Stan uh, Van Gundy's doing a nice job. And nobody knew this was coming, did they? Were they at all optimistic no, in Detroit? No, they were. A lot of people were. You know, because they had a disappointing year last year. They mm-hmm. were trying to get, you know, they were trying to get rid of Reggie Jackson because he wasn't playing well last year. And now they're uh, when were we trying really to well. get Reggie? Not last couple of years ago. Was it? Was that there the was, rumor? There was a, the, uh, there was a rumor for Reggie Jackson. Trip? Yeah, that was the rumor last year because mm-hmm. the Pistons were interested in Ricky. So maybe, yeah. maybe, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, you never know with Blake. I mean, um, I mean, it didn't look good, obviously. So, but you know, he's. We just have to wait and see. I mean, I don't know. He's not in high spirits. Uh, he's just, he's down. I mean, he, he's, um, hes you know, right now he's where we are at, hoping that it was just a bang and that it hurt and that he'll be all right. But, you know, his spirits are down right now. Yeah. Doc Rivers talking about 
the a real oddity in the NBA. Blake Griffin got hurt last night. Well, yeah. they reported today it's a sprained knee. It's not a torn ligament. Uh, sounds like he might miss a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. But he has been showing for the Clippers, even though they're no good, he's been showing some out-on-the-court game and trying yeah. to take over because he's the guy they paid. Chris yeah. Paul left. Chris Paul left, and they and put the they, ball in the they, hands of Blake they, a little they bit paid more. Blake, and... and he'd been playing pretty good. And they beat the Lakers last night, 120 to 115. But Griffin got hurt again. Uh, 82 games his rookie season in 2010. Uh, a full season, 66 games in 2011-12. That was a strike year, so he yep. he hadn't missed a game. 80 and 80. The next two years, his first four years, he was good. Then 67 in 2014-15. 35 in 2015 16, yep. 61 last year, and now he is hurt again. Uh, meanwhile, after the game, Doc Rivers was trying to explain it. He said, Lonzo was just trying to make a play. Lonzo knocked somebody into Blake, and there was a trigger effect. What can you say? Actually, it was Austin Rivers that yep. caused the energy. Yep. Doc. Uh, Doc probably gets more heat for as much as he plays his kid than anybody. He, he would and he's do not good, kid. right? He would well, Austin, he's, he's, Austin's okay. Is he worthy of a roster spot? Oh, yeah. Well, he's okay. worthy he's, of a roster spot, but he's maybe not worthy of 30 minutes a night. Ah, and, right. Uh, and Doc he's, an okay, is, he's an okay role player, bench player. He'll defend a little Doc bit. Doc is but, uh, very defensive. But now in L.A., apparently, they're all ripping the hell out of Austin for causing the injury. Austin, right? by the way, former Dookie. Oh, yeah, he's a Dookie. He's yeah. a Dookie you can dislike him. Now the Hawks are two on one the other way. Kane with the break in. Kane with the break in. Patrick! Alex the break in, the 19-year-old. And Patrick Kane had one thing in mind all the way up the ice. Trying to get the kid the hat trick. He did. Look out, Wild. If you make the playoffs, you might have to play the Blackhawks again. And they got another <laughs> sniper. This one's five foot seven. No, Alex DeBrinket. You can't have a sniper that's that short. No, they can't fight him. Remember they had a little guy uh, a couple years ago. Uh, what was the guy? They Muggsy Bogues. No, the uh, <laughs> he was a commie. He was a guy from. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Eastern Europe that came in and had a good rookie year, and then I think they moved him to make room for this guy, Alex DeBrinket. Uh, he's from uh, Michigan, Farmington Hills, uh, Michigan. But he's only 19 years old. He's five foot seven, 165 pounds. That's great. Played three years in the OHL. So he went to uh, instead of you know hanging around Detroit, he went and played in the Ontario Hockey League. And uh, then he's a rookie with the Blackhawks. Uh, he was drafted in the second round in 2016. And the three goals last night gave him 10 for the season, one fewer than rookie leader Clayton Keller of. The high-flying Arizona Coyotes. Oh, yeah. And our guy Brock Besser of the Vancouver Canucks. By the way, I saw a uh, tweet from the North Dakota Fighting Hawks today. Mm Mm-hmm. You know that hockey team that always has the whole crowd chanting, let's go Hawks, yes, let's go Hawks. Yes, they love yeah. that name. They do. They stand by it. Their <laughs> line from 2016, Besser and a couple other kids all in the NHL right oh, now uh, scoring goals. Is Besser and, the and Burnsville kid that made yes, his debut at the Wild? Yes. Okay. Maybe he did. Yeah, he's supposed to be great. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they got another one. The Brinkett, and he's only five foot seven. But uh, he got three last night for the Blackhawks, and they won seven to three. 
The seven is a familiar goal-scoring oh point last night, but uh, not here. So, uh, anyway, another uh, another guy to watch when you play the Blackhawks. We'll be back. You're along for the ride with Royce. What do you say? We'll get you home safe. On 1500 ESPN. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. Rich Gannon, the quarterback, the league MVP. It's former Vikings quarterback and current CBS NFL analyst Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon is uh, with us, talking purple. Rich, uh, the uh, Vikings are headed to Atlanta, which uh, certainly uh, looked good offensively. But uh, when I think of Atlanta, I can only think of blowing up a 20-year-old stadium to build a new one. I think we've lost our way with American sports, don't you, when we got to recycle stadiums after 22 years or something? It's, like, it's amazing. It's like I, I thought of the Metrodome. I mean, you know, we just we bought built that in, what, the 80s? And 82, now, yeah. 82, and now, you know, we just tear them down. I mean, I, you know, I look at places like Soldier Field and Lambeau Field and, you know, the Coliseum in Los Angeles, and, you know, these things have been around, you know, seems like over 100 years. Um, or close to it anyway. And so, I don't know. I, I hope that with a billion dollars you can build something that will last more than 20 years. But I guess <laughs> I have not I have not done a game down in Atlanta, but I hear it's incredible, and, mm-hmm. and they spared no expense. Uh, and so we'll, we'll, we're anxious to get a game down there soon. Well, we were 1.15 here, so uh, that's, right. that's a lot of dough. Uh, it is amazing here in Minnesota, and of course you're a resident, that we couldn't get anything built for 20 years, and now we can't stop. We're building them like drunken sailors, man. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, you know, the facilities are incredible. I mean, you go into the press box, you go into the broadcast booth, you go into the the concourses. I mean, it's they're, they're, they're phenomenal. They're gorgeous. I mean, you, you know, you've got some of these pl- Places like Jerry's World down there in Dallas, where there's there's you know million dollar art in the in the atrium areas, and you know his wife picked out some of the chandeliers. And stuff. It's <laughs> it's really it's excessive. I mean, you think you know we talk about gladiators and football and, and blood, sweat, and tears, and yet we've got these places that you know are just uh, incredible. And now we we've got the Super Bowl coming, and obviously that's going to be a a huge endeavor. And and uh, hopefully the Vikings are in that game. That would be incredible. That'd be the first time ever. The home team is hosting the Super Bowl, but um, you know I, it's it's going to be great. It's a great facility, and I was fortunate enough to call a game down there last year. And you know we don't get a lot of games here because we do the AFC package, but um, uh, I, I would love nothing more than to call another Viking game this year. That's pretty good defense when you hold that Rams outfit to uh, seven points, huh? You know what's amazing is um, you know they're the number one scoring offense in football, and you know they held them to seven points, and and. I think it was this only the second time all season they were held under 20. And they held them, I think they just dominated on third down. And, and uh, you know, that was just, I mean, this, look, this defense, it's not like they're catching anyone off guard. This is a really well-coached defense. They've got talent at all three levels of the defense. Uh, you know, when you, I always say, if you want to be a top-five defense, it's pretty simple. Go out and get some pass rushers and get cover corners. And that's what they have. You know, they've got guys that can rush the passer and Griffin and Hunter and the rest of the guys. And then you've got corners like Rhodes and Waynes and Newman and Alexander and Cheryl. I mean, a bunch of them that, that can, you know, even the safeties are good cover players. Sandeo and Smith. And so they've got a real luxury that they can pressure the quarterback. They don't have to bring five and six man pressures to get there. 
and that they have corners that can hold up on the back end. It. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, Carsabia Rhodes was so good, he came in and played right away and held his own. But uh, it's uh, this is Trey Wayne's uh, third year now, I believe, and it's and he's finally starting to be trusted and playing. Mackenzie Alexander's being broken in slowly. Uh, that's kind of the Zimmer approach with cornerbacks. But I was suggesting yesterday that, okay, quarterback's the toughest position in the world to play. I agree with that. But I think cornerback might be second in the NFL. Now, left tackle isn't easy, but I mean as far as learning what you can do and what you can't do, a cornerback has got to be as tough as anything. It is, because the, the consequences of a bad play yeah. are severe and significant. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, it just you know, it's, it's the quickest way to get your name uh, in the paper or, you know, mentioned in a telecast, just let it, you know, receiver run right by. And you look at the... I think you look at the talent we have at receivers, you know, and the size of some of these guys. You know, Julio Jones is, you yeah. know, is a guy that's going to be a handful, certainly, for this secondary. But you, know, you have to have guys that have a short memory that can turn the page when something bad happens, but, you know, can go up and, and, and look at how they play. I mean, they press, they jam the line of scrimmage. If you swing and miss, uh, you're in trouble. But they all, you know, you look at them, they've got great recovery speed. They've got good hit flexibility. They got body control. They're physical. They tackle. They show up and run support. And if you're going to play for Mike Zimmer, you better be able to play press man-to-man coverage all day, and you better be able to tackle in the perimeter. And they have guys that can do it. If uh, they have Rhodes follow them around the field, Julio, uh, that'll be fun to watch. Julio is uh, back. What, and more catches in his first uh, however many games than anybody in NFL history? You know, he is um, – I love watching him play because I think the great ones at that position, a couple things. First of all, the guy can run all day. So he's got cardiovascular conditioning is, is, you know, he can, this guy doesn't take plays off. He'll show up and, and, uh, participate in the running run game in the block and perimeter. But he's just, you look at him physically and he is a handful. I mean, he's got the size that you love. He's six foot three, 220 pounds. He's got the length. He's got long arms. He's a strong hand catcher. He catches the ball away from his body. He, he breaks tackles. He knows how to finish plays. He always seems to be falling forward. He's not a, an easy guy to tackle on the open field. He can out muscle a defender for a ball in a crowd. And, and, uh, you know, they do a great job featuring him in the offense, moving him around, making it difficult for, for cornerbacks to get their hands on him. But, man, this guy is a, a big-time playmaker. Uh, Rich Gannon is uh, with us. Uh, Rich, uh, what's happened to the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, we had a chance to see them next week. Uh, they are in a free fall. They, they have lost their way. They've lost five of the last six. I think they've lost some confidence. I don't want to say that teams have caught up to them defensively in terms of what they were doing on the, on the offensive side of the ball, but they haven't run it as well. Alex Smith has, hasn't played as well, and uh, they're having a difficult time getting Tyreek Hill going. So when you, when you, take a, when you look at them, yeah. there's three guys that jump out, Kareem Hunt, uh, Travis Kelsey at tight end, and Tyreek Hill. And the three of them have been, I don't want to say neutered, they're, they've, they've struggled over the last month, and that's a big reason why this team has lost. Oh, Hunt was uh, Hunt was going to be the rookie of the year, and uh, now what? The last month he's done nothing. He's been uh, terrible, and uh, Tyreek has not gotten loose. You're right. Uh, it's uh, it is amazing. Now I wonder, uh, I wonder if the natives are a little restless down there and want Pat Mahomes now. Oh, you know it. I mean, and that's why Andy Reid had to come out this week and say that he's Alex Smith, my guy. I'm sticking with him. But you look at that. 
you know, the interesting thing is you look at the AFC West, and that was supposed to be you know one of the best divisions in football this year. Yeah. Talking about three teams that <laughs> come out of that division. Well, the Chiefs have lost five of the last six. You know, the, the Broncos have lost seven in a row. I mean, their quarterback position is <laughs> killing them. They have three quarterbacks. Not a single one of them can play in this le- this level. Then you look at the. Uh, the Raiders, and they won last week uh, only because the Broncos' quarterback situation is awful, but the Raiders had lost three of their last five heading into that one. So the team that's really played well out there the last you know month and a half has been the, the Chargers. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a bit, a bit of a surprise. And they started 0-4. And they're a little nasty on defense. They're pretty good on defense, the Chargers. They have two – I think they have the best pass-rushing tandem in the game right really? now. Really? I do, and Joey Boza and Melvin Ingram, and these guys are relentless. Uh, they they play on the same side sometimes. They move them around. Um, you know, they're they're, they're that is a you got Brandon Meebane inside Corey Legit, and but that that Boza and Ingram off the edge are two of the best. I, I think combination. I mean, you you could certainly talk about. You know, Khalil Mack, you could talk about Griffin, you could talk about, uh, obviously, Von Miller, but you look at that pair, that tandem, and how they play together. England and Bozer are really, I think, big reason why this team has won over the last month. Okay, and a half. Uh, when the, when the uh, AFC first came to the prairie here in Minnesota, I was a kid, Rich, and uh, became a Chargers fan. Those uh, blue, powder blue uniforms oh, yeah. up there on Balboa Stadium with the ocean in the background and Lance Bam- Bambi Allworth. And I've be, I've just been a Chargers. I've I've always rooted for the Chargers to win because of that. And now that they've left San Diego, what I'm hoping for is somehow the Chargers get to host the AFC title game in their twenty seven thousand oh. seat soccer stadium. Wouldn't that be something? What would they yeah. do? What would they do? Would they move it to the Coliseum or something? No, they wouldn't move it at all. They wouldn't have to move it. They only get like 15,000 people a game. Okay, so they make the playoffs, and you get 20. I mean, it's amazing. They, they just haven't supported, they haven't yet supported this team in the L.A. market, and that's that's going to be a problem. I, I think that's, you know, we'll get the new stadium soon enough, but, boy, uh, right now that stadium, it's a gorgeous stadium if you like soccer, but it's not really cut out for football, and they, they, haven't, they haven't gotten close to throwing it this, this season. No, and the Rams still not full, but uh, they're getting better. I mean, it's going to be hard to ignore both those teams out there in that L.A. market, whether they want to or not, you know? Well, people are excited about the Rams. Not yeah. so much about the Chargers, but you look at the Rams. They're 8-3. Uh, you know, you look at the quarterback, Jared Goff, and how he's played. He was 0-7 last year as a rookie. It's amazing what little good coaching can do. Oh, yeah. John McVay comes in. The kid's playing really well. He probably had his best performance last week against a very good New Orleans defense. Two for 354 yards. He's taking care of the football. He looks like a completely different quarterback now that he's in a system that makes sense. Uh, he's not going to have the huge numbers, but is there anybody more valuable in the league right now than Russell Wilson? Uh, they have no blocking. They have no running game, and now their defense is all banged up to heck. If they make the playoffs, somebody's got to vote for Russell. You know, you bring up a great point. They've got no blocking. They don't. The, the offensive line has been a disaster from week one. And he just, I watch him. He just runs around and makes guys <laughs> miss. He makes plays. He, he's a, he's a, he's an incredible competitor. And, and I really like him. I like his game because he's not very big. He's only 5'11", 5'10 and a half, a little over 200 pounds, but he's just smart. He's tough. He's durable. He's consistent. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And you're right, they're banged up on defense, but by some way, somehow, they've, they've been competitive, and they're still right in the thick of things out in the West. 
And uh, one thing about uh, him, he manages to avoid getting really lit up. I, you don't see him get lit up too much. He's, he's always got his head up. He's never running with his head down. But he somehow, he, you know, he doesn't, as much as he runs around, he rarely gets just buried. Well, he knows the, his value to the team. and He knows that, obviously, he's got to stay healthy and play 16 games in order for that team to have a chance. But you're right, he's smart. He, uh, he's got... But he has eyes in the back of his head. He's got great pocket awareness. Uh, he's terrific when he decides to pull the ball down and run. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. He gets out of bounds. He slides. You know, he's a former baseball player, so he's probably, I think, maybe the best. Sounds crazy, but the best quarterback in the game in terms of sliding. I watched Joe Flacco last night. Oh, yeah. Every time he tries to slide, he breaks his knee brace. It looks so <laughs> awkward. But this guy, he's he's terrific. He's got to say he has a natural feel for the game. Very instinctive. And just continues to make incredible plays week in and week out. Uh, one last thing, Chicago Bears. They couldn't. The fans down there. We had to have Mitch Trubisky. We had to get Mitch in there. Mike Lennon's terrible. What has been accomplished by uh, letting? And you know, I still think they should have let Glennon play. This kid is so raw. They should have let him learn. I, 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 I guess I'm old because I remember when they let quarterbacks learn. I think I mean I agree with you. You look he, clearly Mitchell Trubisky is not ready to play. I mean they they go out there and they do everything in their power not to expose them. They run it. They lean on the running game. They run it on first down. Run it on second down. Try and stay in manageable situations. He's only I think he's I think he's averaging like 180 yards a game or 160 yards a game passing. I mean I don't, I don't you know they're just hardly putting him in those positions. And you know he's he's. One thing is, is they're they're not exposing him to the turnovers, and so he's been pretty good that way. But um, they're they're just hard to watch. I mean, they just, <laughs> it's a hard group to watch. And I agree with you. I mean, he's not ready to play. They're trying to protect him. It's not a good team. It's not a well coached team. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know it's just you know it's, we talk about hot seats. I wouldn't be surprised to see Chicago make yeah. a change. You know, there's I, I think there's five teams right now that are definitely going to make a change. Chicago's not one of them. But there's always. You know, every year there's always two or three teams that surprise you. I think we could see as many seven teams make coaching changes this offseason. Well, there's already rumors that Elway might get rid of Vance Joseph right off the bat. After one, one year. year. Yeah. You know, and you know they're going to make changes in Cleveland. That's happening. I mean, how, how can <laughs> you win one you. game in two years? I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's incredible. You and I could go down there and coach that team and find more wins. Pat Shermer might get a job because I've, I've always said if you get fired in Cleveland, it's a gold star for you. It's not something that they think of badly about you. They think of... He got screwed in Cleveland. He's mm-hmm. a, he was a. I would. I, I did a lot of his games that year. He's a good football coach. He's a good man, and he kept his he kept his head up and and kept his mouth shut and took a beating like a man. It was a <laughs> bad situation, a bad organization, and he handled it as, as well as you possibly could. And it still is, sir. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, Rich. Thanks. Talk to you, you next bet. week, sir. You, All right, the great Rich Gannon, uh, our Tuesday guest on Talking Purple tomorrow. Herm. Here's Johnny Height with some breaking news on our uh, Wednesday afternoon yeah. talking purple guest. Uh, well, I, I got uh, mixed emotions here. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to see it happen, but, uh, you know, Wednesdays wouldn't be the same. So uh, tell us about it, Johnny. Let me do the sponsor, and we'll get right to it. Uh, okay. Update sponsored by... It's nice S- to have a sponsor. It is. Sponsored by Sprint. Just in time for the holidays, get a great deal on a Samsung device. Hurry into a Sprint store, call 1-800-SPRINT-1, or visit sprint.com slash deals. Works for me. Restrict- Sorry about that. Restrictions apply. Close enough. 
Uh, that you put the wrong news, emphasis on the wrong syllable. You're right. Uh, sources telling Football Scoop Herm Edwards is a strong candidate to be the next head coach at Arizona State. Now we could write that off, but Ray Anderson, as I told you yesterday, yes, you did, former uh, agent to the uh, a lot of NFL coaches, mm-hmm. including Denny Green and maybe Herm. For all I know, I don't know if he's Herm's agent or not, but he obviously knows him. And then he worked in the NFL office for uh, till 2013 or something. He's the AD. At uh, Arizona State, although he's got a hoity-floity title, but uh, I don't think this is an outrageous idea. Plus, you know, Herm's sitting out there; he's making probably a, a mill or so, eight hundred thousand as a as a ESPN analyst, and might know that maybe there's cuts, more there's, cuts coming at ESPN and, and whatnot. There's four, there's four sitting down there, probably. Yeah, you get, you get mm-hmm. three and a half or four, you know. And he no, does that's Arizona. That's a nice and, spot. Yeah, too. and he knows all the kids from uh, the Under Armour thing, the right? Under Armour game. Yep. Yeah, down right. in Tempe, just outside of Phoenix. I wonder part of the deal of can I keep coaching the Under Armour? Game? <laughs> that way I know where all the good athletes are. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Well, I don't mean to be presumptuous. We hope we get to keep Herm around, but we do have a potential fill-in for Wednesday's talk in purple. Okay, you got to put Clamato <laughs> in, or it ain't gonna change. What? I, yeah, I offered those guys fifty bucks a piece for Randy. They wouldn't, wouldn't take, take it. it. Randy's never on. Why do they? Why don't they? Why isn't he you got know, a weekly That's a segment? great point. Yeah. He had a. He was a must-follow Thanksgiving day on, on okay. Thanksgiving. Oh, God, it was unbelievable. great. Was he in bad shape? Well, no, he was in rare form. He Very was drinking. Happy. He ran. They ran out of Coors Light at the in-laws. <laughs> okay. And then he had to watch the game, I think, in the laundry room. Because it's yeah. the only place that was quiet enough so he could focus. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, so then he switched to red wine. Oh, it was great. I was yeah. a little disappointed Randy didn't call on Thanksgiving, though. Yeah. He didn't call Ventline? He didn't call on the Ventline oh. on Thanksgiving. I was, I was a little Does bummed. Does he usually call? Yeah, he's he's you know it's been it's been kind of hit and miss this year with Randy, but we called more. He had to focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herm, uh, also a radio station in Arizona, saying he's a serious candidate. Uh, Herm's sixty three. I didn't yeah. realize he was sixty three. Yeah, Has, but he looks like he's forty five. He yeah. does. Hasn't coached since two thousand eight, and uh, of course, since then he's been doing broadcast work, including right here on the Ride with Royce. You know why uh, Herm's in that kind of physical condition? Hmm. Daddy was a military man. That's right. Ah, He's yeah. been getting up at 4.30 in the morning for his whole life, basically. Yeah. Timberwolves at home tonight. Washington Wizards minus an injured John Wall in for a game at the Target Center. Uh, the Big Ten announcing its all-conference teams for defense and special teams. And How do we do? Sportsmanship Award honorees, too. And the Gophers had six players honored. Sophomore linebacker Thomas Barber earned third-team honors from oh, conference media okay. members. He'd had a hell of a year. Honorable mention went to a defensive end Carter Coughlin, defensive tackle Stephen Richardson, kicker Emmett Carpenter, punter Ryan Santoso. Those five players also were named honorable mention by the Big Ten coaches. In addition, senior linebacker Jonathan Celestin was a sportsmanship award. All right, honoree. gentlemen. Uh, I've just had a thought. Oh, boy. The Barber family. The greatest family in gopher football history as far as generational. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I I don't go back before the war. I'm old, but I only go back to the mid '50s. The McNamara's. We only had Pinky and uh, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta think. We've had four of them. They've all been. Marion was great. Uh, the third was great. Dominique. 
Dominic, yeah. uh, Dominic was uh, very good. Dom was in the NFL for a little bit. Dom, and uh, this Texas, kid right? is a yeah. tackling machine. The greatest yeah. family in Gopher football history. It has been declared right here. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down now. Write it down, yes. Uh, start to the baseball offseason has been slow, but we do have a free agent signing. Oh, okay. Right-hander Doug Fister has broken the ice. He signed a one-year deal with the Rangers. He gets $4 million guaranteed and uh, either a $4.5 million club option or a $500,000 buyout for 2019. Uh, he uh, was a little better with the Red Sox at the end of the season, although he was released by other teams early last I season. I bet you Pelfrey will get more than that in the open market. <laughs> oh, God. I wish you hadn't read that Fister story with uh, Kenny and uh, Bill. I'm waiting for him to take oh, the big. <laughs> sorry, saying it, not I, doing it. I'm waiting Didn't realize Kenny was in the room. I need the paycheck. Got <laughs> <laughs> a boy. This time you've ever and one there. more item, Johnny. One more. Uh, okay. We got room for one more. Better finish up. Uh, okay, let's. You did uh, Blake Griffin. I won't do that. Okay. Uh, ben Gordon, former yeah. NBA, yeah. arrested again on a felony robbery charge. The latest in a string of incidents. What? 34-year-old Gordon accused of punching the manager of a downtown apartment complex where he's renting, pulling a knife on the man, and taking money that Gordon said was his security deposit. Mm-hmm. He spent Didn't the weekend... he make a lot of money in the Yes, week? he did. Holy cow. Spent the weekend in jail, released this morning on $50,000 bond. On November 20th, Gordon was arrested in Manhattan for driving with a forged license plate. He was given a ticket then and a court date to settle that matter uh, back in October. Ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation after an incident with a woman in a store he owns in Mount Vernon, New York. I want a picture of the forged license plate. Mm-hmm. The letters were all <laughs> different sizes. Did he win a national championship? 2004 yeah, with the Mecca with was, was, was he the guy? He was, yep. he was, it was him and the Mecca yeah. before. Yeah. Oh. before. Also okay. won the sixth should, man of the year award with the Bulls. 11-year career. So they should, wow. uh, ESPN should do a 30-for-30 30 30 broke two. Yeah, yeah so and yeah, have, there's uh, one, of those coming one of the guys soon. on there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Johnny. You bet. The Ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69, offense. He's giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. Tlaib and uh, his opponent, uh, Crabtree, Michael Crabtree, each ended up with uh, two-game suspensions by the NFL. Uh, now, the big guy who pushed the official out of the way, Jackson, the Gabe Jackson. He the, got one? I, I don't think he got one. Oh, he didn't even get a game? I didn't see anything wow. on him. Uh, they blamed it on uh, Crabtree for inciting the riot that caused the referee to get uh, injured. But they admit that Talib pulled the chain off. I didn't. Now, did it start with Talib? Did Talib pull his chain yes. off again? Yes. Okay. So that ignited it again. Okay. Yeah, that, that yep. restarted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Had he, had, but had Crabtree gone after him already? They were both kind of known against each other for being very physical players and, and, and yeah, and being, being very physical with each other when they were matched. And Talib is overall just kind of a. I mean, a he's, dunce, a, he's a yes. good player, but he's, but he's oh, a he's dummy. A, yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's yeah. a terrific player, but uh, it is uh, it is amazing. Well, remember, <laughs> Belichick well, I mean, got him for nothing and let him walk because he just said this kid's not worth the investment. Yeah, but he won him a Super Bowl, didn't he? I mean, the guy's great. He is good. Yeah, I, I'm not debating his uh, his ability. I he, do love him, though. When he walked off the field, he went back over through the Oakland bench. But Marshawn came over and saved him. But you know what? Yeah. That fight, in a nutshell... That was as good a fight as I've seen, though, because uh, 
Crabtree's also uh, not. Uh, Talib's also accused of pulling his helmet off. He got okay. Crabtree's helmet but off. But that you know? fight, in a nutshell, was a classic example of two guys on two lousy teams that were checked out. Yeah, and they are not no, uh, bummed out knew, that they're and they suspended. They knew they were gone. They yeah, they're going to get tossed. But Crabtree threw one of the great punches punches of all time because he got it. Inside the mask. Inside the mask. And got him pretty good with that one. But uh, uh, they don't realize that uh, people love it. You know, yesterday, honest to God, I was in there getting ready for the show. And the we always got Sports Center or something on in there, whatever ESPN's got on in the day on the TV. Every time I turned around and looked at the TV for one hour, that fight was on. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, prob- I probably turned over si- turned around six times, but it was at some it was some point of that fight. Pat, what did we talk about a couple of summers ago when Batista and Ogdor from from oh, Texas sure. got into the fight? That was the most coverage baseball got during the regular season on ESPN than they had in decades. You guys remember too. Remember when Richard Sherman had his his deal with Aaron Andrews when Seattle when they won they yeah. beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman was ticked off at Michael Crabtree because mm-hmm. Michael Crabtree was with oh, the Niners right. at the time. Yeah. That was that was kind of the he was kind of the source of Richard Texas Sherman Tech, and that right? whole thing. Yeah, he wasn't the guy that got Mace fired, was he? He's not that old, is he? No, he was gone. I don't from think there, he's. Yeah, I think he was gone. He was by gone. Then, from yeah, there. I can't. But the quarterback was uh, Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell. Who's uh, why didn't he go to Canada? Why don't these guys? He could have won a Grey Cup. Why don't these guys go to Canada instead of just sit around and be cut in training camps down here? Go I'm not Canada. sure. Well, maybe they don't like the cold. All right. Uh, Manny today had the, had a North Carolina North Carolina State game on. It was on ESPN Classic. ESPN Classic. Yep. And it was from '83. So then we started talking about '82 <laughs> when Dean, the great coach that he is. Managed to somehow win a national championship with Michael Jordan, James Worthy, and Sam Perkins. And to the surprise of me, I said, I think Jimmy Black was the point guard. And the other starter, the white guy, was Matt Doherty. And it's right. And I looked up the box score on that game. Uh, 63-62, and of course, Freddie Brown from Georgetown threw the ball to James Worthy, and that gave Dean his first national championship. And uh, that game, James Worthy, 13 for 17. That's a good game. Yeah. 28 points. Sam Perkins, 3 for 7, 10 points. Uh, Jimmy Black, uh, he was uh, he only scored 4 points. Michael Jordan scored 16 points. He was 7 for 13. So he and uh, Worthy were 20 for 30. Dean must have told him, now you guys go out there and make shots. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Doherty didn't shoot much. Their bench, one point. Wow. One point and total of 13 minutes. Dean. Uh, was that Dean Smith coaching or was it Tom uh, Fibber? Yeah, right. I don't know who it was. <laughs> but they uh, won that game. Uh, 1982, I'd forgotten this. In the Superdome, I'm thinking it was the first dome. It the was first the in first like a big, stadium. In a big stadium. Uh, the first time they used a dome, but I couldn't find that when I looked for it. Now, I think it was the first time they used a dome, and it was the first time they eliminated the third-place game. They used to have a third-place game, right. mm. and you know why they had a third-place game? Because they wanted the fans to stick around because they were afraid they couldn't sell it out. Oh, I'm bad, uh, yeah. But uh, that changed. 
<laughs> that changed. Now, so they, 81, so they, I covered, the first one I covered was 81, the night Reagan got shot, but they had a third-place game that day. Did, now, they, did, they, play a, did they play the third-place game after early, the title game no, or before? In the day. Before, okay. early in the day. Now, yeah. was that the same? I think they played it the Monday afternoon and... The title game Monday to, night? Tried to get somebody to buy a ticket or something. Uh-huh. Now, was that the one, the famous Royce seeing Dean Smith cup in the heaters, trying to oh, sneak yeah. him from the wife? Greatest cupper... Greatest. I told Manny that. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, as good a coach as he is, four corners, all that, his ability to cup a cigarette while he's conducting an interview and not let anybody know he's smoking was fantastic. Oh, that's an art. Better than Lumpy Heron. No. Lumpy was good. Lumpy but was Dean good. was better? But see, Lumpy had Lumpy to hide it behind. Right. You know, Lump, there was more of Lumpy than there was a Dean. Right. You know. Uh, so that was uh, then. And, uh, one other thing. One last item. Just to prove <laughs> I still got it. All right. Somehow we brought up that the New York Giants, when Geno Smith starts, it'll be the first time. Yeah, Manny had yes. yes. So I saw somebody tweet out. a black quarterback. Yes. And, and they then, are the last team last in the NFL. team in the NFL. NFL. And I was saying, they're the last team to integrate. And then I said, no, it was the Washington Redskins. And I believe the first player was Bobby Mitchell from Illinois. And it was. Wow. And it was. Look at you. I did forget my cell phone and I have to go back in the house. And you asked us where your glasses were. And then I forgot my keys and I had to go back in the house. But Bobby Mitchell, Washington Redskins, I know. You can't be stumped. I cannot be stumped. We'll be back with Daily Complaints. Taking the ride with Royce. That's it. You can take us there in a blimp. Swear you'll take us. On 1500 ESPN. Now, on the ride with Royce, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. Manny Hill, what do you got? Boys, I was born in the 1980s, and my daily complaint is this. Listening, Patrick, to you and our program director, Brad Lane, earlier today talk about college basketball in the 1980s makes me wish I was born much, much sooner so that I could grow up and experience college basketball when in the 1980s. These, uh, when these fellas stayed for three or four years, uh, you had some rosters. Man, there, that was it fun. It was fantastic, yes. It was great. Uh, my daily complaint is um, FSN. Okay. Your thoughts. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, here's my daily complaint. Bobby Mitchell. No! Who we just mentioned. Not because he broke the color barrier oh, with the okay. Washington Redskins, but because he was a member of the 1957 Fighting Illini. The Minnesota Gophers entered that season rated number six in the country. Bobby Cox was the quarterback and uh, was on national magazine covers and a Heisman Trophy candidate. We opened the season. He was injured uh, we opened the season at Washington and beat them 46-7. to And the next days, the Minneapolis Tribune headline said, Gophers beat Washington with Cox out, which was a uh, famous, which is a famous headline. Whoa. But <laughs> wow. then we beat Purdue, which was good back then, right? 21-17. Then we kicked the crap out of Northwestern. We we are forty uh, beat Northwestern forty one to six. We're heading to Champaign, uh, number three in the country. Yep, number three in the country. Those sneaky SOBs break out Red Grange to tell them about the the uh, uh, what what do we call it? They they inaugurated the stadium 
against the Gophers 25 years earlier, and the Gophers came down and kicked the crap out of them, and Red asked them for revenge, and they beat us 34-13, to 13, Bobby oh, Mitchell wow. being a big part of it. I was heartbroken, oh. heartbroken, and uh, they ended up 4-5, and five, that Gopher team. So... The hell with Bobby Mitchell, even if he is in the Hall of Fame. We have really that Illinois team. Really quick, we have a winner in the Eli Manning de- uh, tweet department, Marshawn Lynch. The Giants benching Eli for Geno Smith is as crazy as not running the ball on the one with the Super Bowl <laughs> on the line. Winner. Yeah.